You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Brothers Turbo. Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me, as is always, is Todd Stark. I am here. You are here. Again. Back. How, how are you? I'm recovered from E3 week. Mm-hmm. It was a good week. Was it? <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like I watched a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe, but was there really a lot? There, just... Okay, look, I'm going to say this. Sony mm-hmm. had, they stumbled they did. And, their thing. and it was only because of that weird intermission. Do now, I found, I found the case for this thing, right? Like, they took everybody in a whole nother room, mm-hmm. showed them, like, which was cool, and the church thing, you know, yeah. looked really cool. Which mean you thought, oh, they got to take set stuff down, you know, and get it to look in the normal way. Oh, no, no they moved everybody to a whole different room. That's which is, what was happening. Which not is something you do. No. You know, people are there for a show yeah. in the same auditorium. <laughs> yep. And that the the scene at the beginning of the church. Now, I know when Sean Layden started talking, his mic was screwed up. Mm-hmm. You know, so you couldn't really hear him. And the beginning audio was kind of screwed up for The Last of Us uh, demo. But it was cool. That atmosphere was really cool. Yeah. Especially when they zoomed in and you seen the church lights. And you're like, well, shit, that's the lights that was in the, you know, the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Or the tent, whatever they were in. Yeah. So, like, they should have figured out a way to stay there. Maybe the wall open a little bit to a bigger TV or just, just show everything. Show trailers. Yeah. Not, because a, not that intermission was, was Sid Schumann. Yeah. Ain't that his name? Something like that. He just looks like he has to take a shit and he can't. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, a lot of people dropped the ball this year. Yeah. You know, there was, there was only a few uh, developers or publishers that actually brought a decent show right and even someone like devolver who puts on a fake show still put on a better show than other people yeah. which is ridiculous well you know like everybody's saying they feel like microsoft really killed sony this year i don't i mean i mean they they put on a better show yeah they did now their pacing was better but they still had their one and it, don't get me wrong it was not as bad as that intermission was. yeah that intermission was terrible mm-hmm. Um, they talk, They came out and talked about Game Pass and stuff like that. It was like, don't do this. Don't yeah. do it. You know, because Sony had the intermission, screwed everything up, and then they came back and then they went to what they normally do, just trailer, game demo play, because what we seen was awesome at Sony's show. Mm-hmm. There was no lack of content. It's just that intermission. Stupid intermission. No surprises, which they, yeah. honestly, they told us was going to happen. Really, enough, everybody said still. this is what we're showing. There was not a lot of surprises this year. No, and that's I think that's where a lot of people were disappointed. Yeah. Like we knew what to expect. Yeah, they told us what time. to expect, but it was just like, but you're not going to hide anything. Mm-mm. There was a few things. The Resident Evil Two remake was grumbled about. That was never confirmed. Yeah, the control thing for mm-hmm. uh, Remedy. Uh, what was another one? That was about it. Yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> For Sony's, then you had, well, you had Cyberpunk 2077 actually showed up when they said that they didn't know it was going to be there, but mm-hmm. there was a few things, not much. Meh. It was, it was an underwhelming year, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But this is the first time ever, we knew everything. That's true. Going in, and we usually, that's what we want to know. We, I wish they would just say something. Yeah. They, and they finally that, did it, and they it was tell just us like, you know pissed. what, don't, don't tell us anything. Yeah, don't say nothing next we're year. We're like surprises. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing? I have... Continued to play Detroit, mm-hmm. but I played a uh, No Way Out. No, no, I'm sorry. A Way a Out. A Way Out. Yeah. Because gotcha. there is a way out, not No Way Out. <laughs> but uh, awesome game. It cool. was so much fun. I'm going to do a review for it next week. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So if you've been wanting to play that game and you're on the fence, listen, and I will tell you that you probably should play the game. It looks fun. I, oh, li- well, I like the concept behind it. Yeah. It's an awesome story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Finished God of War. Congratulations. Thank Game you. of the year. 
Yeah, yeah, at the moment. Do you think Spider-Man's going to beat it? You know, I guess the only reason I'm saying no is because there's been a history of Spider-Man games. And I'm not saying that this will in no way be one of the worst Spider-Man games. I'm excited for it. I think this will be one of the best, if not the best Spider-Man game that's ever been made. But being a Spider-Man game... I feel like there's going to be a snag or two, something that just kind of weighs it down, whether it be side missions or maybe the story lag somewhere. And I, I feel like these are still going to be strong points for the game. Right. But something tells me just deep in the back of my head, be excited, but just know that there's going to be something that you're going to be like, ah, well, you know, I wish they had done this slightly better or they could have done something better. I still feel like it's going to be fantastic, just not to the level of, God of War. Okay, now I've heard that that game is really awesome. Though. I know, like and I, I, I guess I want to be the pessimist here so that when I get it, it's better than I want to anticipate it being, and I can be just overjoyed with it. Yeah, they said that the way you traverse the world, mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. Best Spider-Man game ever. It said it just there's. I even like just some of the subtle things about the way he swings. And, and because the way he would salute when he was running on the ground to those people. Did you yeah. say that? He just saluted that lady and then ran up the wall. I thought that was awesome. Because it's like they took the comics and they paid attention to every pose and, and every kind of just movement that he ever made. Yeah. And they incorporated that into a swing. Now they said that at the top of the arc of the, sw- of the swing, when you let off, he always does like a backflip. Mm-hmm. They said there's like... I think eight to ten different animations he can do when he does his little at the top of the arc kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They said it just feels awesome when you start the game or when you're swinging in the game and that's, you know, top of the arcs, let go, do the backflip and just kind of free fall. Yeah. They said it's awesome. They said when you start the game or they, the demo that they had said that you um, are sitting on the side of a building with your mask up, I think eating a sandwich. And Typical you hit, spider it says press X to start. Mm-hmm. And you hit X, he pulls his mask down and then just dives off the building. And that's how you start your thing. He says, hit L2 or R2 to swing. You know, nice. that's how you start the game. Or so I wonder if they're the going back to that mechanic that they had in the, like, Spider-Man 2 where you had to alternate one button to the other to web swing. It sounds like it because I think that you had to... I, I heard somebody talking about it and they said, I think you have to use L2 and R2 to swing. So that could be how they do. Because to me, that makes it a little bit more believable in yeah. a sense. Because... Well, you have to kind of think, well, what building do I have over here? If you've got nothing, you need to web swing left. But if you kind of web swing right, your mechanic, your movement changes. Right. Because you're going from this, you know, with this arm. So I kind of feel like your swing would change. You'd kind of go on a spin. Yeah, they say that uh, there's another thing they do better than any Spider-Man game, and that is if you're swinging and you're fixing to hit like um, some kind of water tower is what it said. Mm-hmm. The, the thing adjusts on its own and keeps you going with momentum without breaking this. Somehow or another, it doesn't break the swing. I don't know what nice. they were talking about exactly, but it sounded pretty cool. Yeah. The whole thing looks fantastic. Again, I think maybe I'm just kind of keeping my expectations slightly low yeah. because I don't want to be hit with a disappointment somewhere and then just be like, well, I just expected this to be perfect. I wanted, I want my expectations low understanding I have no reason for them to be there. Right. You know. Well, I can just say, you, you can go ahead and let go, honey. It's going to be okay because <laughs> Insomniac's on it. I I, I understand. Yeah. But compared to God of War, don't know. No, because I, I, me too. Cause... Story-wise, let's just talk story. That ending, dude, I wish I could talk about it, but I'm no spoilers kind of guy. That, that blew my mind. Yeah. There were a lot of elements to it that I should have, like... Uh, all right, before the before I'd say the biggest spoiler, I guess the big question of why they were on their quest. Right. I should have seen that coming. Like I should have kind of pinpointed that and said, "Yeah, that that's what it is." But for some reason, it just never registered in my head because I was like, "I'm sure she wants them to see something. I'm sure she wants them right. to experience something." But is there anything else? I don't know. Right. I never expected that. Right. And that was nice. It was. So when I saw that, I was like, cool. Well, that's it. And then they come in with another right hook. And I was like, oh, my God, what? 
Oh, they had to, they had the twist all the way to the very last thing they said to each mm-hmm. other, pretty much. I thought that was awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I loved how they did some of the credits over the gameplay as you were kind of finishing yeah. up. That was cool. Uh-huh. I like that. Yep. But, so, the, and you know, like most of the time, how I hate when they do it. I think most, most games are guilty of it. But, like, you finish the game and it goes, we're taking you back to a part right before oh, the final mission. Yeah. I love how in this one it was like they're leaving Jotunheim, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, we don't have to go home. There's a lot of people that could probably use our help. You know, yeah. just walk right back into the thing. And what I like is how the world changes. What, wintertime when you get back? Yeah. Snowing. Mm-hmm. Did you... Uh, now... Did you fight the Queen Valkyrie? I did. She's a bitch. Yes, she was. How many times? I don't even know. I uh-huh. can't. Too many to count, let's just put it that way. But what I did notice... And I, I kind of hope this will help anyone who's fighting Valkyries from here on out. At first, I, f- I thought they were all different. But if you really start to pay attention to their patterns, they are all identical in some way, mm-hmm. just with an additional movement or pattern that you don't see from one of the others. Right. So when they, one of the, the common things I saw about trying to fight them, like tips on trying to fight them, is they all said, well, here's the easiest and here's the hardest. That's because this one doesn't do much, and then you kind of, filter it through down to the bottom you get to the queen valkyrie she does every Everything. single thing that all the other valkyries do so you have it's like you have to take all of that knowledge yes. and put it to your put it to the test and she does every one of their power moves yes she does not play no so as long as you have all those patterns in mind and that's what helped me defeat them at one point because i remember one just continually kicked me down to the point where i was like i don't even know how i can do this like i was just so mad and I was yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know why I'm doing it wrong. It's just making me mad. And then I learned her pattern. Like it finally clicked. Yeah. And then I went to the next one. And I didn't die as much because I saw the pattern. And I was like, okay, same pattern. Aha. Went to the next one. I picked up on it. Yeah. So less and less deaths until I got to the queen. <laughs> and then you just died all the time. Yeah. Most of the time, there was. I had one Valkyrie that really just whipped my ass. Like I, I just. And it's probably the same one that I had trouble with. I can't remember what she did. I can't. I can't remember her name either. I think I can't remember her name, but I just remember a staff. Yeah. Slamming she, it into the ground, yeah. and it's big, bright light. She did a lot of stuff from up above. Yeah, and it was just always if you got caught in it, you're screwed because it was going to take at least half your life off. And again, I think one of the biggest issues that I had is I was doing this stuff early. Mm-hmm. Because by the time I finished, I was like, you know, if I'd have taken on these Valkyries right now, I probably would have kicked half their asses in no I time flat. Because I looked at all the, the stuff that I had, my armor and everything. I was up to level nine. I was My strength and defense were just through the roof. And I was like, son of a bitch, I had like half this yeah. <laughs> fighting these Valkyries and was just having so much trouble. Why did I do that? That makes a ton of difference because you can walk, roll in there, and hit both your runics on each of your weapons, and you have taken half of their mm-hmm. level, you know, energy. Yeah, so immediately, I, I created a challenge for myself <laughs> yeah. that I didn't need. I did the same thing with the first three, and then I said, you know what? I'm just, I, I well, I got to that one I was telling you about. The, uh, I feel like I remember the staff when they would hit; it would just boom, and sometimes the room would go dark, mm-hmm. and. uh she just kept on and kept on just killing me, and I wouldn't get any hits in on her, dude, like maybe yep. one or two. And finally I just said, screw it, dude. I'm, just, I'm going to come back to this because I want to see the rest of the story. Yeah. That story was just so good. It was good. Dude, it was just... And I how they know. did it, how they did it intertwining all the side missions yes, and everything man. felt so natural. I know. That's what I was going to say. It's just like you just stumbled upon... The, the side missions felt like they went into the main story so just perfectly. In fact, even one of the, the twists, which I won't mention here. You can tell me when you get done. Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a twist that I don't know how it would have played out had I not beaten the Valkyrie Queen before I finished the story. I know what you're talking so about. So yeah. I already knew something. Uh-huh. And, you know, I saw, I even heard the conversation different because I looked up a video because after I, I'd beaten the game when... Katrina wasn't home, and she was already invested. Yeah. So when she found out, she's like, oh. And I was like, no, 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 I'll find the video. You just, you know, trust me. You got to see this. And whoever the guy playing was had not beaten the Valkyrie. So I heard dialogue changes. I was like, that's cool, yeah. you know, because they're talking about this, they're talking about that. So that was kind of neat. 
Yeah, and uh, Mamir, dude, awesome little side. Yeah, I dude. love Mamir. He was so awesome. I got, a, I got, I've got the head like a keychain. Yeah. He says, "I'm Mamir, the smartest man in the world," or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he uh, added a lot of levity yes. to a lot of the situations because he could be grim too. Yeah. But he was also a, a voice of reason and could kind of liven up a scene if it needed it. Oh man. Uh, at what point did you realize, okay, he's not screwing me over? I felt like it sometimes he was screwing me over or trying to. I don't know. I kind of always kind of had a, a bit of trust with him. You know, I, I was mean, like, yeah. I mean, he just, I was on the, I was on that line with him. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's not telling me stuff. Yeah. On purpose. Sure. I feel like, you know what I mean? There was, there was that moment, I, I know what you're talking about, where yeah. he just seemed to, they'd be asking questions. It was kind of beating around the bushes, like, mother, who are you, why are you holding stuff, it. dude? Yeah. And there was a moment too with um, Atreus when he found out his true nature. Yeah. Which again, I'll keep, you know, a lockdown for the sake of spoilers, which obviously everybody ought to know. For Over the, two million people's yeah. <laughs> But anyway, he got arrogant and I, I was, did. I just kind of wanted to slap this kid. I was like, dude, you better shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I felt the same way. There's times where they did so well with making him seem like a little boy. Mm-hmm. Like I think one's, one time, uh, it was right after what you're talking about, he just had a conversation and he wanted to, understand is well do we get to do this now since, yeah since because of this and he just felt like he was so excited about it like a little yeah. kid would be so that's yeah cool. it was awesome all right well i think we've uh we've rambled a little bit that's okay but it's, a, it's a good game though yeah, it's it all is. good stuff uh so we'll get into some news uh first thing i've got here is the former ceo of telltale games has filed a lawsuit against the company citing that the company shut him out after he left the company because he was still on the board of directors after stepping down, but according to his claims, the company severed all support with him and blocked him from information as he was looking to sell off his shareholdings. While, at the same time, they promptly removed him from the board. So, Telltale apparently tried to shut it down before this got to court, but the judge didn't allow it. And uh, I think we even mentioned recently that they had been going through some downsizing in the company. As of right now, there's really no evidence that all of this is connected in some way, but uh, I guess we'll keep you updated as we know. Yeah. I kind of wonder, though, I guess he still has his shares, though, right? Uh, yeah. He's just looking to up- offload them, and they were just like, nah, we're done with you. So I, I, I'm assuming that hurt his share value. Possibly, yeah. I'm going to assume that. Uh, next story I've got is uh, many fans of the game Fortnite have often wondered why Sony won't open the doors for the potential cross-play among platforms. Okay, I think this is ridiculous anyway. Now, with Microsoft and Nintendo both already on board, the pressure is being put on Sony to get with the program. Now, while Sony has responded to all of this by stating that it's just not a priority, the former president of Sony Online Entertainment, John Smedley, spoke out about this situation, saying it all comes down to money. According to Smedley, since uh, Sony was not keen on players buying a game on the Xbox, then rolling it over to the PlayStation. And while I understand this is a fair stance to have, isolating players to push them elsewhere, I think is going to cause you further loss of business. Uh, okay, first off, it's free to play. Mm-hmm. So that was my that, other that argument. That's not the problem. Um, the problem I have really is. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, how many games have you bought where you couldn't roll your game over to the Xbox or you couldn't roll Xbox over to the PlayStation? My, I mean, that's never been my concern is cross-play like that. I wouldn't mind having cross-play to play right, with other right. people. Now, they're wanting, what, what, I guess what they're saying is... If I got it on the Switch, I can just I can go over to the Xbox and still have it. But right. like you said, it's free. Right, I think they're just talking about your their, account. Yeah, their, their account, yeah. But I don't know. The cross-play thing, I think that's what they're saying comes down to money. Because I think to be able to play on those servers, Microsoft's going to make you have like an Xbox Live or something like that. There's probably it's no different than what Sony's doing right now with theirs. Well, no, I'm talking about... Um, In fact, if all a of Sony them. player wanted to play, like it comes down to that. Sony's got to pay money. To, to keep be able the to servers play up on that something mm-hmm. I don't know, that's what I think. Like with Minecraft especially because they own Minecraft, 
So they probably own all the servers that they're on. Yeah. And if you want to play Minecraft crossplay, then you have to have an Xbox Live account or something but like that. But shouldn't that be the issue? Shouldn't that be Epic Games' priority, not Sony's? If they're going to yeah, allow crossplay? I'm wondering if that's the money thing they're talking about. Well, and and they probably want to control the market share because sure. they're the leader, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, why do I want to give y'all the market share? But the mainly the thing that's coming up is because people want to play it on the Switch, take it on the go, come back home, play it on TV on their PlayStation is what it sounds like. Because I then why heard... not just do that on your Switch? <laughs> I don't. know. That's what you have it for. It's that's not a handheld saying. device. It's a handheld console. Yeah. That's the one thing I've been hearing people talk about. Like, man, I see it because the Switch is such a, a better portable than, I guess, the Vita. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are, I guess, pissed about. I don't know. I, I'm just said the whole thing with me is like, dude, I guess I'm old school and mm-hmm. never had a game to where I bought it on PlayStation. I could roll it over and play it on the Switch and yeah. have all my stuff. Hell no, I have to go buy a whole new game. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, times are changing. This is really the first game where this has kind of happened. I feel yeah. like it's because of the popularity behind yeah. it. I mean, we saw it happen with Rocket League, but I didn't didn't have the popularity like this game has. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure you can't roll your thing over there either. I haven't heard anything about that. All I heard is you can play with you know Xbox players can play with Switch players. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, next one I've got. Um, I don't know if you heard or not, but it's now official that the World Health Organization has classified video game addiction as a mental health disorder. Bless. Uh, This classification is supported by their description of patterns of persistent and recurrent gaming behavior that takes precedent over other life interests. They would do that with anything, though, these people. Like gambling. Gambling. Like if playing guitar became like an addiction for Mm -hmm. you. But it's... How many times have you heard of that? They just have an addictive personality. Now, this actually comes off the heels of a story that goes back uh, about two weeks ago, about the time we were doing our E3 coverage, where a nine-year-old girl reportedly entered rehab due to her addiction to Fortnite. According to her parents, the girl would play Fortnite in the middle of the night uh, after going to bed, fall asleep during class because of the late-night sessions, then she refused to go to the bathroom because it meant leaving the game, and she even hit her father when he tried removing her console. A so, nine-year-old hit me. Let's see what happens. Yeah, that's exactly my point. There's going to be a dent in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently, the breaking point came when the girl accumulated... This is the breaking point, mind you, not hitting her father. Right. So I'd really love to meet this man and wonder, what is wrong with you, dude? Where are your, yeah, like- your balls? Uh The breaking point came when the girl accumulated charges on her parents' credit card that added up to 50 pounds a month paying for numerous in-game purchases. 50 pounds. How much would that be? Uh, ballpark equal a couple of bucks less, more. Okay, so you're spending $42 on your daughter. Yeah. I do that now, and it's not for a video game, but I already spent 42 Like, he shouldn't be pissed about that. And that's something that they should be able to control, considering yes. it's their credit card. Right. So... That happened to us one time on a cell phone, and... We, we called the people and we're like, hey, because it was like $98. And Peyton was just a little kid. We didn't know that. We had one setting on our, uh, I guess, security wrong mm-hmm. where she could just hit a button. And after we put the code in one time, anytime she hit it after that, oh, it would okay. spend it. Okay, so she's not knowing. It's just like popping a thing up, buy a fireball. And she's like, okay, I, I think I want a fireball. Boom, mm-hmm. there's 99 cents. She bought 100 fireballs. Wow. And they gave us her money back. They understood. Now, there were, there's been a lot of uh, talk about this, whether it should be under this classification. I'm kind of, I guess, middle of the road because I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. Because there are people with those those tendencies mm-hmm. to ruin their lives for something as stupid as gambling or anything like that. So I understand this, but it's, it's still a hard thing for me to to just put down and say yeah because i don't feel like we've seen enough of it to Mm-mm. to get there no. okay so this one little girl one girl had this this pattern of of ridiculousness from one game 
but yet the gaming industry has been around for how long? God, over you know what I'm years. saying? So it's just now happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard thing that's, to. That's what I said, and it's not to me. It's not just video games, man. The, yeah, it's the it's phones. their behavior. Yeah, that too. Um, everything is just made to just sit around nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I remember I agree. when we were little, we had we didn't have none of that, so we had to go outside. I had video games, but like I played them. At we night. had parents that would make us go outside. Yeah, I do that with my kids, and boy, that's a that's a fight. Let me tell you. You know, it's been like you tell them to go outside, and five minutes later they come back in. It's like, what are you doing inside? It's hot. I know. Get back out there. Yeah, like I think kids aren't as tough as we were. No, they're not. I don't remember going in. I mean, I'm it's sure just I like did. the farther into the generations we get with cell phones and technology, we're getting softer and softer. I think before long, it's just they're going. Kids are going to wake up in the morning. Jump in a padded little egg with a TV <laughs> on the inside of it and just stay there all day like Mork and Mindy. They're gonna be like I believe Mork it. for Mork. <laughs> uh, I got, all right, I got some quickets here. I got a few. Uh, first of all, Dying Light will not feature battle royale modes. Hooray! Yay, they don't need it. Uh, but it will have surprises in multiplayer mode. Good. So I don't know what that is, but cool. I wish it'd be like some kind of events. Yeah. Like, kind of like Destiny does. Like you can see it happening mm-hmm. if you're online. Say me and you and about. I don't know, if we were on a server and there's a lot of people in there, I don't know how how it goes in that game. Um, you can see the event happening over there, and you could go run and get in it. Mm, okay, that's That'll how Destiny cool. is. There's like a big battleship flying over, yeah. and you see everybody fighting, and you can be like, "Oh, look, there they are." Ah, I'm just gonna pat. I'm gonna go around the ridge away from it. You know? Yeah, that part's kind of cool. Hmm. So hopefully, right. maybe it'll be that. Maybe. Fine. Uh, Madden NFL 19 will not address the controversial kneeling policy. I don't think they should. No, I think they should make them kneel. But it's hit a, X to kneel. No. And circle to stand. And I would, I'm going to hit next. I'm kneeling. So you, you, you can actually force them to? That's what you need to do? Yeah. I think you should have that option. They wouldn't allow that. <laughs> I know. I'm kneeling, though. Because I'm, I'm they'd have down, so many lawsuits. It's like, you made me kneel in that game. No, <laughs> the player did. Boy. Yeah. It'd start, yeah, that would start so much crap but no i don't feel like they should that just leave the game alone leave it as is um we were just talking about uh, the xbox e3 conference it was ironically the most watched twitch stream ever i say ironically because not on mixer their own platform i know that was the thing i started thinking about after i heard this i was like it was like what not mixer yeah Mixer's just not that popular yet. No. It has that potential. I notice, I think a lot of streamers that I see making that jump over there, I think they're doing it to get on board early because they're seeing something. Well, it's just there's another place to go. And the next one you have, if it's done right, will Mm -hmm. be the same way because Mixer's going to fill up. For long, they'll be... You know, you know, it's something for everybody yeah. going over to another I'm just platform. really surprised no one has been able to keep up with YouTube. Because I heard that even Instagram is now offering long-form videos, and it seems like an effort to compete. Right. But I still don't think they're, they have that ability yet, because it's Instagram. Right. <laughs> you know? So, I guess we'll see. Um, Fallout 76 will introduce a revenge mechanic... Cue the trolls for a uh, and a beta for the game will come out on Xbox One first. So I kind of figured that since they were on Microsoft stage. Yeah, I just the revenge mechanic thing is like what, dude? Why? Well, what if it's for like? It just sounds bad right now in theory. I don't know. Well, I could I wonder be if they're talking about the the missile silos. Perhaps those sound cool though. Yeah, but. It's a dick move. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds cool. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it's implemented. Right now, it just sounds terrible. Uh, Bethesda is suing Warner Brothers for their new Westworld mobile game, calling it a blatant ripoff of Fallout Shelter. Have you heard about that? No, I heard about a, a Westworld game, but I didn't hear that it was a mobile game. I didn't realize. I saw I saw like uh, a picture of it, and I was like, well, yeah, that's probably a mobile game of some kind, but I didn't know what it was. And... Funny enough, is Behavior Interactive, who is the co-developer for Fallout Shelter, is the co-developer for Westworld. So, so it's like, how can we do this game? Like, oh, let's yeah, just let's just do that on. whole thing that we just did. So, interesting. Uh, I would probably say that Bethesda probably has a case. Yeah. To, but depends on how that works. Because they, if uh, it's... Yeah. 
Depends on the rights, I guess. Yeah. Uh, an announcement trailer for Life is Strange 2 dropped along with a release date of September 27th for episode 1. Did they show any story? They did not. They just showed a backpack or something of that nature. So it was essentially just saying, hey, Life is 2, or Life is Strange 2, September 27th. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. You could have just, didn't have to do a trailer for that. You could just told me in this new story. Yeah, just right now, tell me. Uh, what, about, what's the, what is that one, that Captain, what's it? Captain Spirit. Yeah, when does that come out? Uh, I think next week. Okay, I knew it was getting close. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, and the ch- and it follows over. I actually feel like, like I have it in zone. in the the release dates. Well, don't tell me. I want to wait. Okay, and well, we got to get there. We got to get there. Let's get there. Let me get there. Uh, Capcom announced a crossover event with Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy fourteen, featuring a behemoth, which is from Final Fantasy to fight, which looked pretty badass. And various weapons, armors, and costumes based around Final Fantasy. I guess uh, I might go back. You are. Uh, well, even with some of the new ones, like the the Kulvay Taroth, I guess, the big gold dragon. Yeah. I don't think I would have went back had I just... I woke up one morning and happened to see uh, our streamer friend Kenzie playing. And she was just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. And she didn't really have a plan in mind. And I just kind of watched for a moment and I said, have you fought that new dragon she's like no do you want to do it and i'm like yeah i kind of do so i just kind of jumped in with her and a few other people and i don't think i would have done it on my own because they said you needed to be in a group right so i was just like i just i don't feel like it i seen so, pictures of it it was, looked pretty cool. yeah i mean it was an interesting fight for sure it was not something easy i don't even think we took him down once came close but never never was able to take him down uh and the last thing i've got is uh, this actually was story is a little old. Some of these actually are because of the whole E3 thing. But uh, Friday the 13th, the game will have no new DLC in the foreseeable future due to an ongoing ownership lawsuit between the current rights holder, which I believe is Paramount, uh, but I'm not 100% sure on that, and the film's for or original screenwriter, Victor Miller. This is horseshit. Who I'm saying is that committing the horseshit here? Victor Miller. He wrote a screenplay for Friday the 13th. Right. The original movie. With the mama. With Pamela Voorhees as the killer. Spoiler alert, if you don't know, I don't even know why you wouldn't. He did not create the formation of the character Jason as we know him today. Right. He had no hand in that whatsoever. As far as his character was concerned, he was the little boy drowning in the lake. Period. So he has, to me, no claim to these rights at all. Because he did not create the mythos, he did not create the character as he is with the hockey mask and all that. Right. It's not him. Didn't send him to space. He has no claim to this character. He no. wrote a script, he got paid for it, done. There's a lot of screenwriters that go through that. If he wins, do you know how much, how many lawsuits will come out of the woodwork? Oh, yeah. Because, uh, all right, and I know that there's an argument to be had here. I can see it. I can see it now. Okay? But I feel like there's a difference here. Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay? The history of Superman, created by Joel Siegel and Jerry Schuster. Okay? They had this idea. They went to DC. They they wrote and, and drew this character for years. And then they just said, no, nah, we're done. Right. But they sold that character off. Now... At some point, they came back and said, I feel like we are deserved with some royalties for this character, especially when he moved into the movie realm. They never got a paycheck for that. They never got a cut of anything. They had to fight for that mm-hmm. through a lawsuit to get any kind of royalties for it. They won. They got, you know, Warner Brothers came to them and said, hey, you can have for every bit of merchandise, every comic, whatever, or something like that, they'd cut them a check for these royalties. Right. That's what it is. And they could live out the rest of their lives, you know, in wealth. Because they before that moment, I mean, these two guys went from, went from creating the greatest superhero of all time that opened the doors for so many others to working as janitors and nice. schlub jobs. Yeah. No offense to people who do those jobs. I'm just saying, you know, these... Low, low this is not jobs. this is the creators of Superman should not have been doing those jobs. They should have been living off Superman. Right. Because they created him. 
So you could also say, well, what about this guy? He created this and that. It's a different medium. Okay. There have been what? 12 movies. Yeah. That's it. Okay. It's been profitable for movie studios who buy the rights and all this other stuff. But this was their character. They created for a comic book. They wrote and, and drew this character for years before they passed, you know, and just said, now we're done. Well, they sold it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like I said, slippery slope. Yeah. Well, they should have had that drawn up in there. Somewhere. They should have, but at the time, no one knew because Superman. You know, in 1939, no one knew that was going to be something big. Today, creators all the time, they lock that shit down. Yeah. They're like, I need my rights to this character locked down. So, if you actually look at a lot of comic characters now, you'll notice that character created by whomever and then it's just kind of written down yeah so you see that a lot more now than you know used to used to happen right like i even feel like the co-creator of batman no one knows that but it used to be batman created by bob king right and now it's batman created by bob king and bill finger bill finger helped design batman right he got for years did not know. you know what we're getting off on the tangent on <laughs> comic books and stuff. I'm sorry. I just I'm passionate about this stuff. And it just I, I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. But from the way I see it, he wrote a screenplay that he gave two shits about at the time. Yeah. And just said, Yeah, there you go. And then walked away from it. It's not like yeah. he crafted this entire universe like they did. Right. These I characters agree. like they did. He just said, there's your script. I'm gone. I'm done. And he was out. Yeah. Whereas other people, they created everything about Superman. To a point. I mean, well, up until that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, to a point. All your story that you're going to start getting royalties for, pretty much. I mean, the, the base of who the character is, they created that. Yeah. You know, Krypton and coming to Earth and all that. They didn't create Kryptonite, believe it or not. Really? I don't think they created Lex Luthor. Wow. I didn't know that. To, well, I could be wrong about the Lex Luthor thing. Because, to be fair, they kind of did. In their original story draft, it was called Reign of the Supermen. There was a guy, like Superman was supposed to be evil, and he looked like Lex Luthor. Right. But I don't think, I don't know. There's a whole lot of history to it. I can't remember it all. But they didn't create Kryptonite. That that was a foil used for radio that kind of got brought in. Right. Because they needed some way to... Make him flashy on the radio. It's like, how are we going to, you know, take him down? It's like, well, hey, we'll create this strange thing and that way we can do sound effects and you know, whatever. And that way it's just, it's more thematic. Uh, all right. Well, next story I've got is um, the Nintendo World Store in New York actually received a bomb threat from a guy who was mad that the game kiosks were removed from inside the store. Why, why are you going to blow something? Go buy the... Go buy I, I want to play my Smash Brothers in the here. store. I want to play it here. Yeah. So the NYPD and even the FBI were called to investigate this threat that it apparently happened via email. Now, through some thorough investigations, it was noticed that this threat was actually sent back in April. <laughs> <laughs> and this was actually on an email address that was rarely used by the store. So uh, no one has been charged, but... Uh, that just shows no one gave a damn. <laughs> Nobody was like, "This is gonna blow the store up." Oh, but but at the same time, you know, this that could have been bad. They might want to check the. I mean, because if dude was actually serious, you know, he could already went in there and blown that shit up, and then be like, "What happened?" It's like I don't know, and it would have been like years later before they oh, found that email. Look, yeah. Oh, look, there's the email right yeah. there. It's like he shit. told us. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. What were we doing? Uh, there was a report. That, yeah. <laughs> there was a report that came through last week that GameStop is in exploratory discussions with third-party organizations about a potential transaction. Now, most are under the assumption this is hinting at a potential buyout, but GameStop issued a statement to make sure that they um, weren't quite saying that. They kind of danced around the term. Right. So as of right now, there are no details as to what this is even hinting toward. They confirmed it that they are in talks, though. But to but to what? I don't. That's what that's that's what they didn't say. So right now we don't know exactly to what. GameStop refuses to say anything, but everyone's still speculating about. So they're fixing to be the next EB Games. Think so? They did. Didn't they buy all EB Games? Did they? I think so. They may have. I know you don't see them anymore. No. 
turn them into GameStop. Mm-hmm. I like GameStop. Yeah, but if they feel like that something's coming down the pipeline that they're not going to be able to maintain for a while, then maybe they're looking as a possible future idea. I don't know. Like to get financial support. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So at least they're looking ahead, just in yeah. case. I, like, I do. I, I mean, personally, I don't. I can't see them hitting a wall just yet. When physical media disappears, mm-hmm. then maybe. Yeah. yeah. But right now, it's still, still going strong. Well, so notice, I guess you know, we'll they started see. relying on a lot of retro stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, said like they used to not take that. It was like PS2. No, I wish they would. Taking that. I think they need to. I think yeah. that needs to be the go-to spot for any mm-hmm. games, old and new. Just any games, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth or trash time, buddy. My favorite part. All right. I only got two, though. It's okay. All two right. is better than none. A closed alpha for Battlefield Five will release later this month. True. I believe it's true. Yeah. And there is a sequel coming for Alan Wake. Oh, God. I hope so. And I hope that it's on PlayStation 4. I did read that Remedy said mm-hmm. they want to do Alan Wake 2. They, they're dying to. So? So, dude, that would be huge. You know, and Sony just got through saying, mm-hmm. hey, we still got a lot of un- unannounced games. Yeah, they do. You know what I'm saying? They said that. So, I, And I'm guessing that it's for, you know, Paris Games Week, Japan, and PSX. They're going to mm-hmm. try and have other things just left. And that, that might be, you know. And I'm, I'm good with that. I just, yeah. you know, maybe next time bring one big gun. I think they brought their pistols with the Resident Evil 2 thing. Yeah. That was a kind of a big moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't either. Well, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. All right. Uh, weird news. Oh, but that was... Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to go say... I'm going to say truth. All right. There's truth. truth to that. Okay. Weird news. This is... Uh, There's sex involved. Just No. I just... I'm shaking my head at people. That's why it's in the weird news I section. I do it all day. A, you may have heard about this. A 71-year-old man and his 31-year-old son Had sex. were arrested last week for beating the hell out of a man who provoked them by throwing a bottle of Gatorade into their car because they stole his gym in Pokemon Go. Damn. Yeah. So he thought they were cheating, stay, you know, taking his, his gym... So he got mad and threw a bottle of Gatorade at them. How old was the guy that did that? I don't know. I didn't quite catch his age. I'm was gonna it, assume somewhere in the middle. Was it Heath? <laughs> no. <laughs> not that I know of. Uh now no surprise that this fight was caught on video and saw the two men hold the victim down while the younger man punched the victim's face and head, which led to a traumatic eye injury and even a broken fingertip. He got a black eye and a broken fingertip. Yeah. So uh, both of the attackers have been charged with third-degree assault for this stupid, stupid thing. Why? Okay. Like, to me, if I was the cop, I'd be like, dude, you're at fault. You threw the bottle of Gatorade into (laughs) the car. tell them all to grow the hell up. I was like, are you seriously fighting over a damn game? I know, man. And I don't know where they they probably wasn't fighting because of the game. They were fighting because he got hit with Gatorade. Yeah. Again, they got provoked. Yeah, and they, they just didn't have any kind of filter to say, That's you know what, gym. let's That's not do my this. Gym. I'd have said, I'd thrown the Gatorade back and said, dude, it's a game. Shut up and move along. Baby back, biatch. Yeah. All right. Guess what time it is. <clears throat> it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Oh, uh, uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. That's right. I thought I was wrong for a minute. All right. Uh, have you ever wanted an arcade cabinet in your home? You know, I was actually looking at one the other day. I thought, I want Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah. I would like to have one with Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. I don't know why not Pac-Man, but yeah. I don't much care for Pac-Man. It's okay. Now, maybe you just don't have the space for it. Maybe you don't have the money because they're pretty damn expensive. Like, how much was this? I think it was fifteen to $2,200. Okay. What if I told you you could eliminate both of those problems in one fell swoop? Does it cost how much? We'll get to that. I would like. I'm, I'm. I'm in. Introducing the arcade one-up from Tastemakers. What the hell are they doing making I, an arcade? I don't machine? know. I was kind of wondering that too. It was a miniature arcade cabinet standing at about four foot tall, with the 
authenticity of a regular arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. These machines will come in five different selections, each devoted to a publisher, and will offer up a selection of authentic arcade classics like Centipede, Missile, Com- Missile Command. Missile Command. Oh, I got caught. Missile Command. Missile Command, Asteroids, and even Street Fighter. Other cabinets... Well, I don't know. That means Nintendo would have to get involved. So I I don't know if they're involved in this transaction right now. Seems to be like Atari and and Capcom seem to be in on it. Yeah, well, Nintendo needs to get their head out of their ass. Other cabinets are being considered for future, you know, cabinets or whatever, like Midway. That would be cool. They've got a few interesting games. Uh... This will launch this September. How much would you pay for this? You get five games per cabinet. Oh man, like I'm guessing. Say, let's take the art. Let's let's assume the uh, the Atari cabinet. So you get Centipede, Missile Command, Asteroids, uh, Dig Dug, and Pac Man. There you go. Sure. Of course, that would be a Midway game. I think. Yeah, so I was gonna say I don't think they own it. Uh, well, let's just assume that. Okay, just arcade assume. classics. Okay, five of those games. What would you pay? In, in the little four foot case. Yeah, but it looks like a regular arcade. Got your joystick, got your buttons, everything. I wouldn't pay more than two hundred if I was going to get it. Well, too bad you're going to pay four hundred. No, I'm not getting it. <laughs> not get it. I wouldn't buy that for no, dollar. not for four hundred. I'd buy it, but I'm not buying four hundred. That's more affordable than fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it is, but. <laughs> it's still it's half of that damn near. I can't. I'm just not gonna drop that much. Yeah, everything's half. Half. I want half. half. Eddie. Eddie. I want Eddie. Half. I want half. Uh, I just. I can't do it. Not no. All not right. for something that's. Well, for out. those of you who might want to, four hundred dollars this September. Get your own little arcade machine for your home. Okay. I mean, I would consider it too. I mean, it, if somebody said, "Hey, here's two hundred dollars. You get the other half." Somebody what has if, to pay all right, half now what me. if? What if? Let's look at the Capcom. Think about some Capcom, Street Fighter, Mega Man, Strider. What's uh, some other Street Fighter versus Capcom? <laughs> no, you wouldn't you have Mega Man in there? Well, we're talking about arcade machines. There's never oh. been an oh, arc- that's right. yeah. Mega Man arcade game. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. What the hell else? You got Street Fighter, X Men versus Street Fighter. <laughs> what about the X Men game? I don't think they had that. Hmm. I don't think they did that one. No, they don't have. Oh no, that's Konami. Damn it. Strider. Like I said, Strider. Yeah, Strider's a that good was game. an arcade game. Uh, well, would you... No? No? No, I don't. I have no clue what else okay, I would have. Okay, well, I don't know either. I mean, I would be more apt to buy those. Yeah. So maybe maybe $400 for something that, like that? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Maybe. I guess it depends on what the game... Like, now I want to be honest. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., I would yeah. drop $400 <laughs> okay. for Okay. Not the... Maybe other. the Nintendo will come around and be like, yeah. here, you can have these arcade-authentic Donkey yeah, Kong games. bikes on it, because I played an arcade machine had an right. bike on it. The, the old, uh, what was it, like 10 games, Play 10s. Now, this one had uh, one half was Mario Brothers, the other half was... Uh, Excite bike. Is it Mr. Gaddy's, man? You remember Mr. Gaddy's? <laughs> yeah, I do. We've talked about it on the show numerous yeah, times. Yeah. Mr. Gaddy's, come back. That's right. We need more of that. All right, it's time for some release dates. Let's do it. Uh, June 25th, we've got Another World for the Nintendo Switch. I love that game. That is a fun game. What is it? used Another to be World? Another World. They it's also out of this world. Game. Yeah. I love it. If you've never played it, I recommend it. It's on every other platform. <laughs> uh, June 26th, we have Rainbow Skies for... PlayStation 4 and Vita, which I don't know what that is. I feel like I remember something about this game. I feel like we've seen it at uh, PAX East for some mm, reason. May have. I just don't recall. I don't either. Uh, we also have Yis 8. I guess that's how you say it. Y-S. Yis. 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 Yis, Yis the, 8. The sequel, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lacrimosa of Dana for the Nintendo Switch. The Crew 2 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. The Blob for Nintendo Switch. Luminese Remastered for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Donkey Kong Adventure DLC for the Nintendo Switch. Slime Son Super Slime Edition for PS4. Near Automata Become as Gods Edition for Xbox One. Cubicolor for the Nintendo Switch. Trove Geode for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. World of Tanks Mercenaries for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Aha, here it is. The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. June 26th. 
Good. So Tuesday. That's next time. Or tomorrow for all of you listening today. Yeah. And Call of Duty World War II United Front for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Then on June 28th, we have Tour de France uh, 2018 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Epic Loon for Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Figment for Nintendo Switch. That's a game I want to play. Figment. Figment. I just don't know if it's on any other platform other than a few others that I don't know at the moment. I don't know. I got I, I got to look into it. I want to play it. Uh, Bomb Chicken for Nintendo Switch. Angels of Death for Nintendo Switch. The Journey Down, Chapter 2 for Nintendo Switch. Back to Bed for Nintendo Switch. Back to Bed, Nintendo MotoGP 18 for Nintendo Switch. I feel like Back to Bed, I've heard of that. What is that? Sounded fun. I don't know. I have to look it up. It sounds it sounds back, like some what, Back to Bed. Back to Bed. I feel like I've heard of that before, and it sounded interesting. Maybe we, maybe we could have seen that at PAX East. We may also. have seen it, or maybe we even talked about it. I don't know. I have to look it up. Uh, Paranautical Activity for Nintendo Switch. Fossil Hunters for Nintendo Switch. Dream Alone for Nintendo Switch and PC. Then on June 29th, we have the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy for Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Magical Breakout for Xbox One. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus for Nintendo Switch. Burnstar for Nintendo Switch. And Psychedelica of the Ashen Hawk for Vita. That was a mouthful right there, boy. Hmm, all right. Are you ready for this week's review? (sighs) I don't know, am I? I think you will be. Do I know this game? Yes, you do. You might even have it. I don't know. Give me a hint. Wizards and Warriors. God damn, that was good. (laughs) Yes! Wow. Dude's like a... That's the first time ever. (laughs) Yes! You looked, didn't you? No, you. I had my. I know you didn't because I had my papers covered all day. Your mouth looked like Wizards and Warriors. Well, I must have been mouthing (laughs) it. Very good. Look at you, you old psychic. See, so you just, didn't get a shock today. No, I didn't. I, you know. I'll give you $5 later. All right. Thank you. So uh, I'm working on a few indie title reviews right now, but in, until I actually have time to spend with them, I have to go back to the well and talk about something I've spent plenty of time playing. Now, when I was eight years old, uh, I was unfamiliar with the game company Rare. In fact, most gamers were at the time. They hadn't really established themselves as a powerhouse that they soon would be, but usually you can tell when a developer is going to be something special. Rare was always ahead of the industry, developing games that would change the rules, change the way you look at games. That was until Microsoft bought them and destroyed them, and uh, once that happened, they lost their luster. Yeah. But before that, we saw Rare's name pop up on the NES constantly. Numerous games where you'd see down at the bottom, Rare Co. Limited. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing that you never really, it never clicked at the time, but you know you saw it. In fact, when writing this, I looked back on a few other games, and I was like, I'll be damned. They did. Huh. And I, I remember seeing it now. I just right. forgot about it over I time. Remember it. Uh, but we're not focused on the Xbox destroying Rare or anything like that. We're actually going to focus on their first real game. Now, I say real game because before that, they had released a game called Salom. Or Slalom. I hope I'm saying that right. S L A. L-O-M. Slalom. Isn't that um, the ski game? Yeah, the ski simulator. Yeah. And I they, they released that, that earlier in the year. It was nothing groundbreaking or whatever. However, the same could not be said for Wizards and Warriors. Now, the game might ring a bell considering that there's actually been a PC game with the same name available for some time now. But we are talking about the original 2D platforming NES version developed by Rare and published by Acclaim Entertainment who also, if you're unfamiliar with, uh, is now a defunct company that operated heavily in the 80s until their bankruptcy in the year 2000. In fact, in bringing them up, I actually got an idea for a future episode, so stay tuned for that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the basic premise of the game uh, is you play as Kuros, the night warrior of the Books of... That's hard. Yeah, I tried, boy. It was just a lot of... hmm. Kuros is the Night Warrior of the books of Excalibur. i got to pace myself next time. Yeah, yeah, just take it one breath at a time. I know. Uh, On a quest to put an end to the tyranny of the evil wizard Malkil. That's just a dumb name. Have you ever... (laughs) Malkil. 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 
I mean, it just doesn't really roll off the tongue. You look at it and you think it just it's supposed to sound cool, but when you really look at it, it's just Mal Kill. Back then, it did sound cool. It did. Because Mal Kill. Yeah. Oh, he's going to kill me. Uh, now, he's supposed to be <laughs> the greatest wizard in all the land and even the mentor of the wizard Merlin. Now, to my knowledge, there is actually no explanation as to why this great and powerful wizard went mad. But in his madness, he corrupted the creatures of the land, summoned demons from the pits of hell, and even raised the dead from their grave. Sounds like Saruman. Yeah. To top it off, he even kidnapped a princess and her handmaidens for no particular reason (laughs) that I could find in the story. But, Kuros, armed with the legendary bright sword, is tasked with rescuing the captives, defeating the wizard, and restoring order into the land. Now, such a game would seem basic in today's gaming world. We have franchises like Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age, The Witcher. This type of fantasy has been done to great effect. But this game is hard. <laughs> what makes this one so special for me, I will say up front, nostalgia's probably got a lot to do with it. Yeah. Despite that, this game was truly unique at its time of release. There were from sound design, music, graphics, and even the idea itself, you really couldn't lock this game down as being like something else. Right. You went level to level, going through uh, every world that they would put you through to explore, like a large forest where you could actually climb into the tree and go all the way to the top. Uh, That's one of the ones I remember. That one, and I remember an ice world. mm -hmm. There were elaborate caves that had hidden doorways. It's probably what you're remembering because it kind of looked like an ice world, but it was an elaborate. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm same as you. It reminded me of ice. Um but there were always these hidden doors in the darkness that you'd never see until you jumped into it. And then I was like, oh, there was a door. Yeah. So those were always fun to kind of just stumble upon. But right. sometimes you can kind of get a sense that one is around, especially if it was like in this little crevice. And you're like, why would in the hell would they just have this little crevice up here? Unless I'm supposed to jump up there. I'm going to do that. I'm going right now. <laughs> Anyway, the joy, uh, the game was always a joy to explore, see what you could find. It was always something interesting to just kind of look around. Now, granted, it wasn't as massive as some games were today, but the exploration element was still there. It was still fun. So that was always fun. Now, even if you found a treasure chest, sometimes you needed a key to unlock it. The game would be littered with chests and doors, color-coded, red, blue, or pink, which required a key to unlock them. Usually the doors and chests harbored something important like the path to the exit or even a new item, respectively. Speaking of these items, we saw item collecting in other games like The Legend of Zelda, but these items didn't mimic those ideas. Instead, they found an entirely new direction to go. Some items like the flashing clock, which froze all the enemies temporarily, or even the magic eggs that destroyed all enemies on screen would come and go like most items in these games often do. Other games, now, I'm going to stop real quick. Even as I say that, I was like, there was a stopwatch in Zelda, damn it. They did rip that shit off. (laughs) Anyway, never mind, no. They didn't. They had a different clock. It was a cuckoo clock. Uh, Other items like the Battle Axe of Agor or the Shield of Protection were permanent to your inventory and crucial to beating the game. Now, my two favorites were the Potion of Levitation, which allowed you to float in midair as you, as long as you held up the D-pad. You remember that? You just kind of like, and then you could jump from up there. Yeah, Yeah. just it gave you a little boost up, and then you just jump. Right. And you could just hold it there as long as you just wanted to with that little tinkly, tinkly, tinkly. Uh, And then there was also another one called the Feather of Feather Fall, which sounds redundant, Uh, (laughs) but it worked (laughs) in the same way. Did you would just hold up the D-pad and it would slow your fall if you fell from a great height, which was so good on that castle level where you yeah. had to scale that damn thing. My God, that level. Now, there was also uh, other special equipment that you could find, like the Boots of Force, that allowed you to kick open doors and chests without the keys, or the Cloak of Darkness, which made you invisible to enemies, but you could only hold these items one at a time. So you had to choose which was more beneficial for you. Now, the uh, other items that I actually enjoyed collecting, there were three potions. Colored is the same as the keys. Red, blue, and pink. The pink made you jump higher. Blue made you run faster. And then the red made you invincible. And upon grabbing one, you were treated to a little ditty for about eight seconds that uh, remained playing as long as the potion was active. And it's playing right now. 
Alright, and uh, with that said, as always, I'm going to praise the music, just like the tune that was playing. One of the most defining factors for me with a lot of these games is the music has such staying power. It's always something you could remember, you know, a tune will always stick with you. Like the beginning of Zelda. Yeah. Do you know how many NES cover bands there are? There's enough to make a living. There's a lot, let me assure you. I don't know how many, but I can... It seems like every other day I'm discovering a new one. Some suck. I'll be straight up and honest with you. They just not... They just sound terrible. But others can find that right groove with the music. Like, there's a guy who's doing... In fact, if I can find it, I might throw it in right here. If not, then I'm sorry. If the music didn't turn metal right now, I couldn't find it. But there was a metal version of Wizards and Warriors by a cover band called Vomitron. And it's uh, pretty badass. I think it's so, anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, this game somehow captured that fantasy soundtrack in an 8-bit form. You know, as you hear it, you can easily, easily visualize knights, castles, wizards, magic. Never once does a tune seem out of place. All of this credit goes to the game's composer, David Wise, who always created memorable 8-bit tunes. Now, I never knew it at the time, but looking back on his work after finding, after doing this research, I can point out so many tracks from different games that have his unique style to them, it makes sense that it's all from the same guy. I right. should have known at that point. And I actually own a few of those games. and it, I never connected the dots. I just thought it was NES music. It was like, that's what it sounds like. Right. Um, his career in video games or in video game music, has actually lasted over 30 years, with most of his work leaning heavy in the first 10 years, with his music mainly being on the NES, a uh, little on the Game Boy, uh, some arcade titles, and even Sega's Master System. It wasn't until he composed the music for Donkey Kong Country that most people took notice. His work slowed down a little bit after that, did a few more Donkey Kong games and a few here and there, but his last game that he actually did was Ukulele. Which... Ironically, going back to the rare company or the rare guys, since they were those guys. Um, Growing up, I never owned a copy of this game, but I did own its sequel, Iron Sword, and I played it quite often. And to this day, I can hardly remember playing the trilogy capper, Wizards and Warriors 3. Did you ever play that one? No. I think it came out so late into this life cycle of the system, that's why I never got a chance to play it. There's a bunch I missed at the end because I went on to the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Now, even though, much like its predecessor, Wizards and Warriors 3, it changed the dynamic of the series. You know, Iron Sword was not the same as Wizards and Warriors because they added new elements, new things to do. I even think there was a shop, if I'm not mistaken, in 2. And then in 3... They shifted it all together to where your character had amnesia and you actually had to learn skills going through a town. Again, I've, I've barely played it. I can remember vague bits of it, but I think there was like, you could learn to be a thief, a wizard, and a knight, I think. That would make sense. But you had to learn these skills and then use them to progress in the story. But I, I, I it. I yeah, I just, I kind of want, I want to now. <laughs> I want to try to find a way to play it because I never got to. But anyway, um, this is a series I would love to see revived in some way, finding a way to utilize the ideas, the items, and maybe even modernize it in a 3D landscape to where you could really see yeah. Elrond, the land that he's in, and make it seem as epic as it deserves to be. Let me ask you this is Rare still on it? Unfortunately, the rights of the franchise have been held by Throwback Entertainment since 2006. Yeah, and uh, they apparently have no interest in doing anything with the series. I just don't want Rare to do it. Well, yeah, Rare doesn't have them. I think they probably got sold off through a claim. Well, no, because the uh, game was developed by Rare. This one was. But then for 2 and 3, it was published by a secondary company in the UK. So maybe that's how they lost the rights to them. Could be. Could be. All I know is I would love to see something happen, as always. But um, I'll just have to wait and see what the future was, holds, man. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, man, why have they not like done this again? You could do it so much better now. Yeah. I mean, you could take everything that's in that first game. 
and turn it into just a, a complete world. And just think of it, like I said, with the items, utilize some way to capitalize on other items in some way. So yeah. you're you're adding a whole new element to the game. Like the whole potion of levitation. You'd never see any of those other games where you float around. So yeah. do something with that. Add that element into it. The yeah. cloak of invisibility. Throw that stuff on. Now you're Harry Potter in a cloak. No. No, you're <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm just sitting there throwing it out there. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but that's our show. That's it. That's it. It always ends with the retro review. Well, uh, again, I, I think we'll talk a little after we're done here. Uh, I'll tell you my secret idea. I don't want to tell just yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners and our patrons. All of your support is greatly appreciated, and you know it gives us the desire to keep making content. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/PencilAndPaperProductions or pencilandpaperproductions.podbean.com and click the Become a Patron button in the top right-hand corner. Regardless of which way you want to do it, we will be eternally grateful. Also, if you have something you'd like to discuss with us, or maybe you just want to say hi, you can drop us a line at supermegacrash at gmail.com, or you can just hit us up on Twitter at supermegacrash. Listen to this and other shows like Fandom Ultra 2000 on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I am Stephen White. And I am, I think I'm Todd Stark. You look like him. Thanks. He's a pretty good looking guy. Yeah, he is. That's a good compliment. I think that's a compliment. It was. Yeah, thanks. Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on. Pencil and Paper Podcast Network Production.